There are so many different voices that are fighting for our attention and new years can often bring even more distractions. You want to lose more weight. You want to work out more. You want to eat right. You want to finish school. You want to read more books. You want to look at your phone less. And it can feel like the chaos will never end. But today I want to help reduce the noise a little bit. Because now, in the beginning of this new year, is a time for us to refocus on what's important, to refocus our mind and to set our gaze ahead and to leave the past behind and to focus on Jesus and to focus on the Word of God. N.T. Wright said that the Bible isn't simply there as an accurate reference point for people who are looking things up and want to make sure that they have them right. It's there to equip God's people to carry forward God's purposes. It's there to enable his people to work for justice and to sustain their spirituality as they do so. To create, uh, uh, to create and enhance relationships at every level and to produce that new creation which will have about it something of the beauty of God himself. And I love the way he sums this up. He says, the Bible isn't like an accurate description of how a car is made. It's more like the mechanic who helps fix it when it's broken and the garage attendant who refuels it. And at the same time, the guide that is telling us how to get where we are going. And where we are going is to make God's new creation happen in the, his world, not simply to find our way unscathed through the old creation. Francis 2024. And this year, we want to not only remind you as a church of the goals that we have for our, us as a church, but we also want to give you this year some practical how-to, some, some things that we can use to help all of us reach towards these goals. A few years ago, the elders, we prayed and we uh, searched and to, to set out some goals for us as a church. And we thought that these goals would just be for that one year. <laughs> but what these goals have kind of turned into is goals that we try to, to help move us forward as a church every single year. We said that we want to be like the Bereans. We said that we want to connect the other six. And we said that we want to each one reach one. Those are the three goals that we have for us as a church, to be the Bereans, to connect the other six, and for each one to reach one. And so for the first part of this year, we want to focus on that first goal, to be the Bereans in 2024. And so how can we be a people that examines scripture daily? And so today we're going to see not only why we want us to be a church that is examining scripture daily, but we will hopefully also give you some practical resources to help all of us to do just that, to help all of us to become the Bereans this year. But in order for us to become the Bereans, we first need to 
see who the Bereans were. (laughs) We need to see who they were so we can learn to become like them. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me over to the book of Acts chapter 17. If you're looking for the book of Acts in your Bible, uh, it's on the right side in the New Testament. comes right after the book of John, right before the book of Romans. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, we have some on the back table. Uh, Please take one to use today or take one as a gift from us if you don't own one. We'd love to give you a copy of God's Word for you to read. And as you're turning there to Acts 17, I want to give you a little bit of context, a little bit of background. Because in Acts chapter 16, what we see is we see Paul and we see Silas going around and praying preaching the gospel in these new cities. They are, like Corey is doing this morning, they are starting new churches in these different cities. And then when they come in contact with other churches, they are encouraging them and strengthening them. And then they are also facing persecution in most of the places they go to. And what we see happen in chapter 16 is they go to the city of Philippi and there they are arrested, thrown into prison. And so when they get out, they leave the city and then they end up going to the town of Thessalonica. But because of the jealousy of some of the Jews there in Thessalonica, they are run out of town at night. But what they find in the next city is a different type of people. They find a different type of people, a different character of people in the next town they come to. And that's the town that I want us to look at this morning in Acts chapter 17. And we'll start there in verse 10. It says, as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness, and they examined Scripture every day to see if what Paul said was true. So let's pause there for just a moment. So the people in Berea, they were different. The people in Berea were a different type of people. It says there that they were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Abraham Lincoln said that character is like the tree and reputation is like its shadow. The shadow is what people think of it and the tree is the real thing. It's Billy Graham who said, when wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. But when character is lost, all is lost. Coach John Wooden said, to be more concerned with your character than with your reputation. Because your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think of you. Coach Wooden also said, a true test of a man's character is what he does when no one is watching. Character is who we really are. Character is what we do when no one else is watching. Friends, we can put on a mask and we can pretend around other people. We can fake it around others. But what do you do when no one else is around? What do you do when no one else is watching? That's your character. That's who you are. The Bereans were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. So what did the Bereans do? 
What we see here from our text is that they not only received the message with great eagerness, but they didn't take Paul's word as truth. They, they listened to what he said, but they didn't stop there. They continued to, to take and to study God's word, to test what he taught them, to see if it was true. They tested it with what they knew to be true. God's word, scripture, the Bible. Now, friends, I have said this before, and I will say it again. Don't just take my word or anyone else's word as truth. Test it. Examine scripture daily. Study God's word. Read and know the Bible to make sure that what I or anyone else is teaching you and telling you lines up with the truth. Friends, there are people in our world and there are preachers in our world who are seeking to deceive others. There are people who are trying to deceive people, and so we need to watch out. And even though I in no way intend to deceive you, if you didn't know this, I am a sinful man, just like many of you. And I make mistakes all of the time. And friends, when I do, I pray that you will love me enough, especially if I make a mistake standing in front of you. I pray that you will love me enough to come and correct me. Please come to me and out of love, correct me. But in order for us to be able to test what we hear with the truth, we must be like the Bereans here in Acts 17. We must be a people that is examining scripture daily. If we want to know the truth so that when we hear it from other people, we know that it lines up with God's word or if it doesn't. The Bible must become our foundation for truth. Now, I know that in our world today, people say, well, truth is whatever you think it is. Truth is whatever you feel in that moment. And if you feel something different tomorrow, it can be different tomorrow. But friends, for us as followers of Jesus, God's word is our foundation for truth. God's word is our foundation for truth. God's word, the Bible, scripture is our litmus test for truth. A litmus test, if you don't know, is used in chemistry to determine if a solution is acidic or alkaline. And during this litmus test, what happens is you take this special type of litmus paper and you will put it in a solution. And whatever color that paper turns will help you to determine what the solution is. It becomes the standard of whether this is acidic or alkaline. And just like that special piece of paper helps us to determine the condition of the solution, the Bible becomes our litmus test for truth. It, it becomes our foundation for truth. It, it becomes what tells us what is true and what isn't. The Bible becomes our litmus test for the truth and how we hear it. And so let's become 
the Bereans so that we can make sure that we know our foundation for truth. But as we do, not only will we know the foundation of our truth, but when we are examining God's word scripture daily, it will also have an impact on us. Not just as a a, a foundational type of knowledge and truth, but as we examine God's word daily, God's word will transform our relationships with others and it will transform the way that we speak and the things that we do. In fact, Paul tells us that God's word, to let God's word dwell among us richly. Look at Colossians chapter three with me in verse 16. This is what Paul says. He says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. And as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. So Paul says, let the message of Jesus Christ dwell among you richly. Let the word of God dwell, live, fill, and rule your life. And Paul tells us that when we do, it will do more than just have an intellectual exercise for us. But he tells us that it will transform what we do. It will transform our relationships with other people. It will transform how we live here and now. With others, it transforms our relationships because we use it to teach others. We use it to admonish other people. To admonish somebody is to rebuke a wrong action or wrong that has been done. Friends, we correct each other with wisdom and with gratitude. We care and we love about, uh, we love other people enough that when we see our brothers and sisters doing wrong and living incorrectly, we admonish them. We teach them. God's word transforms our relationships with others, but it also transforms us. He says, let the message of Christ dwell among you. Not only does it change how we relate to other people, but it also changes how we live and how we speak and how we act. He says, whether in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, who is our Lord. Jesus, who is our boss of every part of our lives. Friends, when we are like the Bereans, When we are daily examining scripture, not only will we know our foundation for truth, but God's word will transform our relationships with other people. And God's word will transform everything we do and everything we say. Here at Journey Church, one of the things that we value as a church is for us to grow in scripture. 
We say that we grow by studying the Bible together so that we can know the inspired and errant word of God. So we can uh, not only increase our desire to know the inspired and errant word of God, but we can humbly obey its truth in everyday life. We grow by studying the Bible together. Whether that's one-on-one with a coworker or a friend or whether that's with our spouse or with our family or whether that's in a life group, we grow when we study the Bible together. But again, it's not just an intellectual exercise. It's not just so that we will know more of the Bible, but it's so that that knowledge can move us to humble obedience in everyday life. The psalmist writes in Psalm 119 verse nine, he says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? And then in verse 11, he says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. God's word When we are daily examining it, when we are hiding it in our hearts, when we are living according to it, when we are humbly obeying it, it moves from our heads to our hearts. And when it moves to our hearts, it will move out of our hands and out of our feet and out of our mouths. You see, God's word, the Bible, it convicts us of sin. And it moves us to action. God's word, scripture, the Bible, it transforms our thinking and it transforms our speaking and it transforms our living and it transforms how we relate to other people. Again, the Bible, God's word is not only the mechanic who fixes our lives when they are broken, but it's the uh, garage attendant who refuels our lives as well as the guide that tells us where we are going. But it starts with us becoming like the Bereans in Acts 17. So friends, I'm gonna ask you a question And I don't want you to raise your hand or speak out. I just want you to answer this question to yourselves. I want you to think back to last year, to 2023. How often did you examine scripture? How often were you in God's word? Was it daily, like the Bereans? Was it weekly? Was it monthly? Was it sporadic? How often did you examine scripture in 2023? Friends, 2023 is over. This is a new year. It's 2024 now. So we can put the past behind us. And let's commit right here and now that this year is gonna be different than last year. That this year, we are going to become the Bereans. Can we commit to that right here and now? That this year is going to be different than last year. That this year, we will examine scripture daily. Now, I want to give you some resources before we leave today to help us to start examining scripture 
daily. Now, if you are already digging into scripture, um, continue. Don't stop, okay? All right? But this is for us that, that need some extra push and need some extra help. Um, if you're not examining scripture daily or if you want to dig deeper, I want to give you some resources. Now, there's some caveats with these resources, okay? I'm going to give you a bunch. They're going to be up here on the screen. I'm going to share them on Facebook. Take a picture. Um, ask me for them later on, okay? I'm going to share a lot of resources, I do not expect you to use every one of these resources, okay? <laughs> Don't go out and try to do all of these different things because when you start trying to do all of these different things, you're probably gonna give up on them, okay? But I wanna give you a wide range of resources because we are all kind of different. So I wanna help you try to find some ways for you to engage in scripture, and maybe it's this way, maybe it's that way, and uh, maybe it's not even one of the ways that I shared this morning, but I'm going to share a bunch of different resources with you. Um, and I don't want you uh, to try all of them, but I want you to pick one and try it. And if that doesn't help you, then, then try something else. Um, try, try the things, find the things that help you the most. And how you study scripture today is going to change in years to come. <laughs> How you just study now will be different than how you study in years later, and that's okay. And what works for you may not work for the person sitting beside you. God has created us uniquely, and we engage in Scripture uniquely as well. But what's most important is that we all are examining Scripture. So here's some different resources. I want to start with this because I think this is kind of important. And that's uh, finding a translation that is easy for you to read, okay? Now, we are Americans and we love our choices, right? Um, well, when it comes to translations of the Bible, guess what? We get our choices. There are tons of different translations of the Bible in English that we get to pick from and choose from. And some of you may like this translation. Some of you may like that translation. Some of you may like this translation. Uh, so I, I want to share with you what some of these different translations are, because as Jeff, one of our elders has said before, what translation is best? The one that you'll read. That's what's best, <laughs> Right. Um, but if you didn't know this, the Bible wasn't originally written in the English language, okay? It was originally written in Hebrew language and Aramaic and Greek. And we have reliable groups who have translated uh, from those original languages to what we have in English. Because I don't know about you, but uh, I am not fluent in any of those other languages, in Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic. I'm, I can barely have a grasp on English, right? Um, but we have some reliable groups who have translated the Bible from its original language to the copies that we have here today. And there is a spectrum of different types of translations from very literal word-for-word -word translations to thought-for-thought -thought translations or dynamic translations and even idea-for-idea -idea translations or paraphrase translations and a spectrum all the way through, okay? So I want to give you some examples of what those are. Um, and, and again, I, I don't think that there is necessarily a better or best or uh, this is what's the best thing to do or not to do. Uh, but I just want to give you a, 
a lot of different options so to help you see some of the differences. So some uh, literal translations, some word-for-word translations would be uh, something like the New American Standard, which is actually what I read from every single morning. Okay, but that's not what I preach from. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, the New American Standard would be an example of a word-for-word translation. Um, the uh, uh, Contemporary English Version, um, no, excuse me, the uh, English Standard Version, the New King uh, James Version, uh, and also the King James Version was a very uh, word-for-word literal translation, but into Old English. And um, I don't know about you, um, but I don't, I don't speak in Old English, and so... Uh, the King James is kind of hard to understand. And even some of these other word-for-word translations are a little bit hard to understand because if you know anything about language, you know that English is uh, backwards from most other languages. Our sentence structure is completely backwards from Greek and Hebrew and things like that. And so when we have this literal word-for-word translation, sometimes it can be a little bit harder for us to read those English sentences in some of these translations like the New American Standard or uh, the New King James Version. It can be a little bit harder to read. So as we move through the spectrum, we get kind of the middle. Uh, So we move from this kind of word-for-word translation to more of a thought-for-thought or sentence-for-sentence kind of translation. And and that's what we have in the New International Version or the NIV, which is what I preach from and uh, what many people have. And it's very easy translation to read. Uh, The Contemporary English Version is another uh, example of a dynamic translation or a thought-for-thought thought translation or the new living translation. And again, these aren't necessarily word for word, but what they've done is taken that original language and they have said, okay, here's that sentence. And we are going to convey this in English in the best way that we can. Right. Um, so it's a not, Hey, this word for this word, but it's this idea, this, um, this sentence, this thought, and we're going to translate into English. And so it makes it a little bit easier for us to read. Okay, um, so the NIV is a great uh, a great example of that, and then some of the paraphrase kind of zooms out a little bit bigger from that word for word translation, and it kind of goes for a thought for thought or like a whole section of sentences, and they paraphrase it. Right, an example of that would be like the Message translation of the Bible. And again, I think that there is value uh, in these different types of translations. Uh, And I think it's sometimes good for us as we are studying and examining scripture to look at multiple different translations and see how this group of people translated this original text because it can kind of help us get a better understanding and see things a little bit differently in those, right? Uh, So get a translation though that's easy for you to read because if it's easy for you to read, you are more likely to read it. If it's really hard for you to read, you're going to be less likely to read it. So get a translation that's on that spectrum that is easy for you to read so that you will actually engage in scripture and read it. Okay, so a translation. The second thing that I want to mention as a resource is study Bibles. Study Bibles are another great resource for us. And there are, in all of those different translations, many different types of study Bibles. And what you'll have in a study Bible is those study Bibles will have the the text, 
right? The, the, the actual scripture. And then a lot of times underneath that, they will have some different notes that are written by men and women uh, who are helping try to give some context to the scripture. They're trying to help give you some resources to the scripture. And so a good study Bible can be a great resource as you're trying to dig in and discover the context and helpful tools with that. And, but again, those notes that are in study Bibles, they are not God's word. They are not inspired inspired by God, okay? They are written by men and women who are flawed like me um, to kind of help us have a better understanding of God's word, but sometimes they're not perfect, okay? Like the rest of God's word, but they study Bibles are a great resource. Um, Another great resource that uh, I'll share with you is a free resource, and it's called BibleWebApp.com. We have a little video that's going to play uh, as I'm kind of talking. And uh, as we said, the Bible wasn't originally written in English. And so if you don't speak Eng- uh, Greek or Hebrew, that's okay. You can use resources like Bible Web App, and you can find the original Greek word or Hebrew word by just clicking. You can read along the text. You can click on it, and it'll pop up that original word, give you a definition. But the other really cool thing is that it'll also give you where else in Scripture that word is used. And so if you are trying to study a certain type, uh, a certain uh, topic like knowledge or faith or something like that, and you want to see where else in scripture it talks about that topic, this can be a great resource for you as you are studying. Again, that's the BibleWebApp.com. Uh, another great resource along with, uh, with that on our phones is Bible apps, okay? And I'm going to show you one here. It's a version Bible app by life.church, and it's free. Uh, and as we talked about those translations, it has a ton of those translations. So if you're trying to figure out what translation is going to be best for you to read, this might be a great option for you to start with uh, because you can change different translations as you're reading along. You can see how this, uh, this version translated this and this version translated that. Um, but there's a ton of other resources built into the Version Bible app as well. You can highlight verses, you can take notes. Uh, it even has audio, uh, audio for most of the English translations. So like if you are an auditory learner um, and you want to have somebody read it to you, uh, you can hit play and it will play the, the text along with that. Um, and you can read along with it or you can listen to God's word as you're driving to work or running on the treadmill or whatever you're doing. Um, has a, a ton of different reading plans that we'll get to in a minute. Um, and it's very easy to use. Um, it's a very, very user-friendly app. And I think they have it for Android and for for Apple. Uh, again, that's the Version Bible app. Um, and it even has some devotionals, which kind of leads us into our next resource that I want to share with you. Devotionals are another great resource for us. And I, uh, there are a ton of different uh, devotions that are out there. And I just want to share two that I think uh, that I found to be pretty helpful. And uh, what a devotional is, is uh, these uh, men and women have taken sections of scripture, uh, a verse or two, and they have written written a a devotional thought with that. And this one is uh, My Utmost for His Highest by a guy named Oswald Chambers. And uh, then this one is Morning by Morning by uh, one of my favorite preachers, Charles Spurgeon. And what both of these are is daily devotions. And so you can turn to uh, January the 7th, 
and uh, they've taken a verse or two and they've written a devotion to go along with that. And so these are some other great resources uh, for you as well uh, as you're digging into God's word. Uh, devotions can be another great way for that. Um, Another app um, that I'll share with you uh, that's not free, it costs money, but it's a, an app and a program that I actually use every single week as I'm studying scripture as well. And that's the Faith Life uh, Bible app, that's free. But then to purchase some additional resources like other translations, commentaries, uh, different things like that, that costs money and logos, which is along with that as well, which is a Bible program. Again, if you're trying to dig a little bit deeper, um, I, I love it. I use it every single week. I had to purchase it when I was in Bible college, but man, it is an amazing resource um, as you are trying to dig deeper into God's word. It's like having an entire theological library on your computer. Um, it has commentaries, dictionaries, maps, uh, all, all kinds of different stuff. Uh, and I use it every single week as I prepare messages. Um, and so that's another great resource if you're trying to dig even deeper. And that kind of leads me into the next resource, which is commentaries that I'll mention. Uh, commentaries are books that are written by uh, people um, who are trying to uh, give their perspective on scripture. Sometimes you can get uh, some different contexts and you can get a whole variety of different commentaries from uh, college level, uh, PhD level uh, type of commentaries to beginner um, type of commentaries. Uh, one of the, the other resources that kind of goes along with that that I'll mention is study guides. And N.T. Wright, who I, I quoted at the beginning of my message, he has a whole series called The Bible for Everyone. And uh, he has study guides for just about every single book of the Bible. So if you're just trying to get some, some good context, like, hey, I, I just want to dig a little bit deeper into scripture and I want to know a little bit more about what's going on and who's writing and what they're writing, who they're writing to and what's happening in these places, um, I, I encourage you to check out uh, the Bible uh, for everyone by N.T. Wright. And whatever book you're reading through Acts, uh, he has one for Acts. He has one for just about every book of the Bible. They're a great quick read to help you dive a little bit deeper. Is this too much? Is this is a lot, I'm throwing a lot at you. I got a couple more. Is it too much? Is it like the fire hose opened up? Okay, just a couple more resources, all right? The Bible Project. You can Google search the Bible Project. They have YouTube videos. They have done some amazing animated videos for just about every single book of the Bible, for big concepts of the Bible. They're between five and 10 minutes long. And so if you are getting ready to study a book of the Bible and you just want to get some good starter information, search whatever book that is, whatever concept that is, the Bible Project, the book of Acts, the Bible Project, Matthew, um, check that out. They have some amazing resources with that. Okay, last tool that I want to mention to you that's already been mentioned this morning is reading plans. Um, a reading plan, just kind of, uh, if you're kind of like me and like you're, you got to have things in certain orders and they got to be like certain days. Reading plans can be helpful, okay? And uh, this kind of give you, uh, hey, today we're going to read these chapters, right? And, uh, and so a reading plan can be helpful for that. And you can find reading plans for just about whatever you want. 
If you want to read through a book of the Bible, you can find a reading plan to help you read through it in a week or 30 days or whatever. If you want to read through a section of the Bible, like the Old Testament or New Testament, or if you want to read through the whole Bible, um, you can uh, do that as well. And I have even put together uh, a reading plan that actually starts tomorrow. And uh, me and Suzanne are going to be doing the same reading plan. And there's copies of it uh, out on the table. Please take one uh, if that would be helpful for you. We're going to start reading through the New Testament tomorrow, and it's going to take us from now till June, and uh, for between now and the end of June, we will read through the New Testament and is reading a couple chapters uh, every single day. And so I, I encourage you, I encourage you, if you want to join us uh, reading through the New Testament over the next couple weeks, please grab one of those. Um, but, but try one of these resources. I know I've thrown a lot at you. Um, please take pictures of the stuff. Please, I'll uh, share it uh, on Facebook later on. Uh, but please try one of these resources. I want to give you all of this so that, that we can just encourage you to get into God's word. And the last thing that I want to share with you is this. We mentioned it and kind of breezed by it. We say that we grow by studying the Bible together. Get some other people to read and study the Bible with you. Whether that's some of your coworkers or classmates or whether that's your neighbors or your family, get some other people around you to read through scripture together. Now guys, this isn't something that I'm just asking you to do, but this is something that I do. This is kind of my routine. Every morning, I try to start my day with digging into God's word. I use this reading plan so that Suzanne and I can read through the same sections of scripture together, the same text every single day. And then one of the other things that I try to do every day is uh, I, I, to kind of hold me accountable, but also to help and hopefully encourage some of those uh, guys. Uh, but I try to share some of the verses from what I've read, some of the verses that have kind of spoke to me. I share them with a number of different guys, and I hope it encourages them to dig into God's word on their own. And then every day I try to spend some time in prayer. And I try to do this before I pick up my phone. So I don't use some of those uh, apps on, because I get distracted. Now, if you don't get distracted, great. Uh, but I get distracted. So if I pick my phone up, it's done, right? Uh, so I, I pick up God's word, the Bible, a physical copy of the Bible, and, uh, and dig in and read. And I try to do that before I pick up my phone. And then each night, we, either me or Suzanne, we try to read uh, some of the Bible with Camden. Uh, because we want Camden, our son... Uh, to know um, what we've learned, that God's word is our foundation for our lives. It's the foundation for uh, our truth. Uh, we want Camden to grow up to know that God's word changes us. It transforms us. We want him to have the same type of love that we have for God's word as well. Now, are we perfect? No. There's days that we miss. But in the Hamilton house... We try to be the Bereans. We try to examine scripture daily. I've shared these stats before, but a couple of years ago, the Center for Bible Engagement found this. They found that when someone engages in the Bible at least four times or more a week, they are 228% more likely to share their faith. 
When somebody engages in scripture at least four times or more a week, they are um, 407% more likely to memorize scripture. They are 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. And we have even seen this today, that when we are like the Bereans, when we are examining scripture daily, not only will we know our foundation for truth, but when we are examining scripture daily, we will be transformed by it. In 2024, Journey Church, let's become like the Bereans. Let's examine scripture daily. Let's grow by studying the Bible together. I wanna share this last verse with you in Acts chapter 17 because we get to see the results for the Bereans and we get to see the results for what it can be for us if we will be like them. Verse 12, it says, as a result, many of them believed as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. Many believed in Jesus because the Bereans for them, their foundation for truth was God's word and they examined it daily. Friends, maybe you have been struggling with your faith Maybe you've been struggling with your trust of God. Maybe you've been struggling with your obedience to what he has told us to do. Remember what the psalmist said. How can we stay on the path? How can we not sin against God? By living according to his word. By hiding his word in our hearts. Journey Church, let's be like the Bereans in 2024. We pray with me. Father, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for uh, your word. We thank you that it is the foundation for our truth. We thank you that it is the guide for our life and also the mechanic who fixes us when we're broken and the one who refuels us. Father, we thank you that your word transforms our relationships with each other and it transforms who we are. This year, help us to be like the Bereans. Help us to become a people that examines scripture daily so that we can be transformed by your word. Father, we ask all of this in your son Jesus' name, amen.